This week, joining us on our podcast is Mr. Brandon Melendez. Welcome, Mr. Melendez. Hi. Uh, Mr. Melendez joined our faculty this year as the sixth and seventh grade ELA and social studies teacher. He's also the curriculum coordinator um, of the humanities for the middle school. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, I asked Mr. Melendez to join us because actually tomorrow, today's Wednesday, so tomorrow on Thursday, uh, Mr. Melendez is making a presentation at the Jewish Education Project, a special day of learning in honor of Judy Oppenheim, um, our honoree from the PTA separate. Um, so, Mr. M, tell us, what are you presenting about? So tomorrow I'm going to be talking about how here at YHT we have been working with International uh, Center for Leadership and Education. So uh, I've been working with ICLE and some of the other teachers uh, in the building and we're working to increase uh, meaning and um, the, the level of individual challenge in the work that students have so that it's meaningful and relevant to their lives, that they can make connections and that they all have their own uh, individual uh, understandings and constructions of the knowledge that we're working with. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm gonna be talking about the process and some of the, um, some of the successes that we've had. That's great. With that. So rigor and relevance as we call it in education. So mm -hmm. what, what, would, what, is, what does rigor in the classroom look like? So, you know, it's funny because we have this sense that rigor sometimes in layman's terms means just making something really, really hard and being like, deal with that. You know, climb this mountain with no hooks, with no ropes, just use your hands. But that's not really what it is. Rigor is about students being able to create work products and express their knowledge in ways that are meaningful to them, in ways that are useful throughout their lives and that aren't just, um, you know, I wrote this paper, I took this test, I did really well, but um, to create things that carry with them and that show that they have the ability to use knowledge in ways that are creative and mm -hmm. individual and constructive. And I like that you use the word individual because in some of the work that I've done with ICLE this year, it was integrating rigor actually, it belongs at every grade level and every subject matter. All students can be extended a little bit more out of their comfort zone in a creative way. So talk to us about relevance. So relevance is really that piece of meaning, right? What does this information mean to me? Why am I learning algebra? Why am I learning about George Washington? Why am I reading this book? In what ways does it connect to the world that I'm going to live in? Sure, but what, how does it connect to me specifically? Mm -hmm. So it's about a student building a relationship between the classroom and the world context, but also that that bridge between classroom and world is actually them. Can you give us an example that you did, let's say in your classroom using some rigor and relevance uh, this year? Uh, sure. So one of the things that I've tried to keep uh, relevant is in seventh grade ELA. So when we're working in seventh grade ELA in my classes, the overall theme for the year has been justice. So we worked with some stories uh, that had to do with you know, uh, kids getting in trouble. And then we worked with a text that had to do with false accusations when we were reading To Kill a Mockingbird. And then finally we ended the year in reading 12 Angry Men, and 12 Angry Men is about a jury and, and they're trying to decide whether or not to acquit um, a particular person. And every step of the way, students were trying to find out what this means contextually for them and their lives as students, and also contextually how it means in a modern world, and then connecting it also to social studies when they were learning about the Constitution and the formation mm. of the United States. So there's a lot and of how novel that are... was at the time. Right. It was, it was in, a the, in history. 
Right, it was a completely new and uh, beyond novel. It seemed almost uh, uh, insane to have this system right. uh, of transitional leadership. So fairness is something that is very important to children. Mm-hmm. And especially as they hit adolescence, navigating what fair means and being able to see it in less of a black and white context, I think the age that you chose to do that, those units on and connect them to social studies actually are perfect. So we, so Mr. Melendez is coming to the JP to present um, about our work with ICLE because um, we were able to receive this wonderful consulting and work through the JP um, through a grant. So we do very much appreciate that. And it has really um, impacted our school in a profound way. Um, so Mr. Melendez, how has your first year been at YHT? I've loved it. This is such a great place to be. It's such a wonderful community of parents and colleagues and students, and it's very supportive. Um, and everybody is really open and receptive to ideas. And at the same time, I get to be open and receptive to ideas. So it's, it's really nice to be a part of a, a truly collaborative uh, learning community where entire people we talk about in education the whole child but also we look at the whole scope of the child and the whole family and the whole Mm -hmm. um teacher and the whole everybody so it's really been uh very nice to be in a place that focuses on individual people what surprised you about when you you know coming to this learning environment this so the, the the level of communication with parents is something that uh, coming out of working in the city, I was not as used to. Um, and different school communities have different norms for how they communicate with between parents and teachers. But being able to really have um, at length in depth conversations with parents, either via email or on phone, and certainly at parent teacher conferences, has really been. Uh, incredibly useful for me not just in getting to know the child but also in getting to to know certain expectations and when things weren't necessarily um making sense to me i was able to get some context from from parents and also from students being able to openly communicate with my students which is uh via email and be available to them in that way and to develop a lot of individual relationships mm-hmm. with 120 some odd uh wow. middle schoolers has been mm-hmm. absolutely uh a joy but a surprising uh amount of it has has added so much to what i'm able to offer to students and also what they're able to offer me so that there's a nice two-way street there well i'm glad you noticed that it speaks directly to our mission and just our approach in terms of partnering partnering with families and parents because like you said you can't really understand the whole child without having a relationship with their family and 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 working together with parents um so what was a proud moment for you this year? I mean, a lot of my moments have been proud moments. And certainly through uh, no hubris of my own, just watching the students grow and accept challenges and, you know, confront challenging concepts in social studies and difficult texts in ELA and watching them sort of reluctantly face the challenge and then enthusiastically embody the concepts and develop opinions and mm-hmm. use evidence from the text and come up with varied opinions and really uh, wonderfully support their individual ideas about it. And then for me to be able to take a step back and just listen to them argue with each other and really, really enjoy um, debating and looking at the same quote or looking at the same event and really trying to break apart not only its importance but its actual meaning Mm -hmm. um, has been immensely 
immensely satisfying for me as a teacher, and I am proud of my students at every turn mm -hmm. um, when, when they're able to do that, which is uh, often and increasingly often. Uh, what work have you completed, let's say, on the curriculum? Uh, one of the things that we've really been focusing on for this year is on that same topic, uh, giving students a lot of agency, a lot of uh, self-importance um, and self-directed ability to engage in meaningful and deep conversations, not just to ask the good questions, but to answer them. Um, and sometimes without teacher guidance, you know, um, I think there's a huge piece of that where as teachers, we can't stand and like pretend like we can transmit all the information. We're not filling empty cups. We're helping students discover the knowledge that they already have. And then we just give them context for that knowledge. And watching them have these conversations has really been uh, uh, fantastic. And it's something that we've been able to embody in the curriculum work. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's always empowering to see work that you do, let's say, with a consultant and then be able to integrate it you know, into what we're doing already. So that's, that's great. Uh, what is the single most difficult challenge that you face as a teacher today? It's hard to be a teacher today, right? It, it is hard to be a teacher today. And um, one of the things, or probably the most difficult thing, is to not be old. To not be, you know, <laughs> just this stodgy old person who's like, oh, your music is horrible, or whatever. Um, you know, <laughs> but... In, in, a, in a very real way from an educational context, you know, we try to move away from like rote memorization, just memorizing the times tables in math, for example, though I don't teach math. Um, you know, you, wanna, you want them to be able to deconstruct and understand why in today's world where there's so much information available at students' fingertips, uh, they have devices and their devices have devices that sync <laughs> to them and they have all this information. It's not so much about knowing things off the top of your head, but it's about being able to sift through all of that information and, f you know, separate the wheat from the chaff. What's going to be the most useful here for me? What is relevant? What is real? What is meaningful? And what is opinion versus fact? And what is my opinion? And how can I support it with fact? Mm -hmm. um, and I think... That's the challenge today. It's not about, you know, uh, what color was George Washington's white horse, right? It was purple, but how do you know that? And what is your opinion about that question? Why do you think it was asked? Mm -hmm. uh, this year, one of the things that uh, we were working on, uh, Ms. Kamali and I, in, in developing the seventh grade final, was getting some questions from students oh, nice. that we could use to build the final. And one of the students proposed questions uh, heads up kids, it's not on the final, is why was this text chosen? Um, so, you know, I think that's a great question and I think it's great that uh, students are thinking about why the text was chosen. It wasn't issued to you for, for no reason and what does it mean to you? And there it speaks right to relevance. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast and thank you for representing us tomorrow at the JP. Um, and I look forward to seeing your presentation tomorrow. And I am certainly looking forward to doing it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom. And don't forget to print up your table talk.